Welcome everyone to the Marvel Avengers Review Show. We are the Credible Nerds, and today we'll be talking about Avengers Endgame. This movie came out in April 26, 2019. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And today we have our special guest with us once again, Kimball. Hello friends, how are you? This is our Marvel Avengers Endgame review show. This film was directed once again by the Russo brothers who previously did uh, Avengers Infinity War. This film is basically part two of Avengers Infinity War. If you recall that uh, at the end of Infinity War, there was a climactic cliffhanger where half of the population died, including a lot of the Avengers. And this show picks up pretty much right at that moment as well. As far as uh, who stars in the movie, we have our usual cast of characters with Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and Iron Man, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers and Captain America, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner and the Hulk, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Fat Thor. <laughs> yes. He, he takes on a new persona in this film, Fat Thor. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is back as Natasha Romanoff or Black Widow. Jeremy Renner makes his appearance in this film for the first time. If you're considering Infinity War and this film as one big long movie, he's back as Clint Barton and Hawkeye. Don Cheadle is back as Rhodey and War Machine. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Stephen Strange, Chadwick Boseman as uh, Black Panther or King T'Challa. Uh, Tom Holland, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Karen Gillan, Nebula. Zoe Saldana is back as Gamora. And then also as... Uh, new appearances. We have Paul Rudd as Scott Lang or Ant-Man. Uh, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne or the Wasp. And then Brie Larson makes her appearance as Captain Marvel in this film. Did I miss anybody? <laughs> uh, Tessa Thompson. Uh, yeah, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. We got... Denai... I don't know how to say her name. Did you say her? Okoye? Denai... Guerrera. Yeah, I I don't know how to pronounce it. Just call her Michonne from The Walking Dead. Yeah, Michonne is back. Uh, Benedict Wong as Wong. Palm Clementif as Mantis. Dave Bautista Drax. Letitia Wright Shuri. I mean, pretty much everybody. Yeah, everybody that's ever been in the movies, really. Yeah, I liked to see John Slattery back as Howard Stark. Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. John Favreau is happy again. Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Uh, Natalie Portman's back as Jane Foster, but uh, here on IMDb, it's saying it's just archive footage, which um, I don't know, could have been better, but hey, I'm glad Jane Foster's back. Uh, Aunt May is back, Marissa Tomei playing her, Korg, Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne, Maria Hill makes a small appearance. I didn't see her. When was she in it? She's at the very end in the funeral scene. Oh, I must have been crying at that time. I couldn't see the screen. So like um, Mark said, pretty much everybody. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury. And yeah, so everybody. And then... Robert Redford too. You can't count him out. After his retirement from acting, they somehow pulled him back in. I think they justified it. He's not really... It's a character he played before, so he's not really back from retirement. Mm Mm-hmm. But we, we talked about this on one of our previous episodes a few months ago that uh, the kid from Iron Man 3, Harley Keener, he made a blink and you miss it appearance as Ty, Ty Simpkins plays him. He's all grown up now. He made his appearance in the funeral scene as well. 
Oh, I was wondering. I was like, looking like, hey, who is that? Yeah, he's the one guy that's like totally out of place. Because he was kind of standing like in the middle of the group, like he should be somebody important, right? Because he's yeah. standing. And then I was like, huh. I wonder, and I thought that. I was like, I wonder if it was that kid. But then I, you know, when you're thinking through it, it's like I have a million more awesome things to think about than who was yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Anthony Mackey's back as Sam Wilson, Falcon. Sebastian Stan back as Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier. Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Rene Russo, Frigga, Queen. For Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch. So I think we've named everybody. <laughs> so just in case you were wondering, everybody's back. All right. So this is a Disney Marvel Studios film. Like we said earlier, this is part two of Infinity War. It has its own title Endgame. And like the previous film, there's all the Infinity Stones are shown in this film. Their powers are talked about. And as far as the shield connection, uh, there isn't any initially, but as they start to move through the story, and if you've seen it, then you'll see they travel, time travel, and the shield is is shown in these time travel sequences. Oh, and for the record, this is a review show, and there will be lots of spoilers, so if you haven't seen it by now, why not? Why haven't you seen this film, obviously? Come on. <laughs> uh, it's been out a week. You should have seen it by now. Like, everybody's seen it. Yeah. Every. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know. Uh, please delete our thing off your podcast. Listen to <laughs> No, I'm just, don't do that. I'm just kidding. There'll be spoilers. Yeah. Lots of spoilers. Uh, my theater was packed when I went and saw it. Every, pretty much every seat, even the front rows were full. How about you guys? I went, um, Saturday morning and I was the first one there and I was surprised. I thought, what the heck? But I was like 20 minutes early, but I guess people don't show up early anymore. But after that, it got packed. Yeah. Yeah, there there wasn't an empty seat in mine. I saw mine Friday as well. So it was, uh, yeah. I, and I, I knew it was going to be packed, and I was actually surprised I was able to get tickets. I went with uh, my younger brother, Shiloh, and there was, we got tickets, but we weren't sitting by each other. And it just happened to be lucky that whoever was supposed to be sitting next to me didn't show up. So oh. he just came over and sat by me. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got tickets probably a week before, maybe, if that. And it was packed. I just went by myself and I sat next to the guy who's like sitting, he's like 40, sitting with his mom who's 60. And she's like, wait, who's that? And he's got to tell her, you know, who that is and what movie he's been in, in a loud (laughs) whispering voice. So yeah, that was pretty annoying. Luckily, it only lasted the first 10 minutes and then he kind of just told her, he'll tell her, tell her later or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So my theater was packed. Yeah. So all the Avengers are involved in this film. If they weren't involved in the last film, which there were a couple, which we mentioned earlier, they're all in this one. I can't think of one that wasn't in, in this film, that one that we haven't seen, right? There Are there any that weren't in this last film? Hmm. No, no, they were all there. Yeah. So this film is a wrap up of everything that started with Captain America, the first Avenger. There is some speculation, you know, because Spider-Man Far From Home comes out in a couple months during the summer. And there's been some talk about how that is the final film of this whole saga. But I'm not really sure how much it'll add to the overall story. Well, I guess we'll find out. But really, I can't think of anything more monumental than what we just saw in this film so maybe a a small story of spider-man i think that's what we'll get but it's like a soft letting down i mean this was huge and monumental it's kind of like just a step down so we're not just getting dropped completely yeah 
it's probably going to be like, okay, a couple months later, this is what's going on in the world. Here's a Spider-Man story. Maybe it'll build up the next uh, phase, phase four. Yeah, that could introduce that. In watching this film, I mean, it starts out immediately during what we, with the last film, there was the Thanos snap. Half the population uh, died. They, everyone says it's dusted, but I hate that term, even though I just said it. But um, everyone, they were dusty. Yeah. But uh, everyone uh, who dies, they disappear into into dust and they just kind of blow away. And it was this film starts off with Hawkeye. He's with his family, so we we see why he's not involved with the previous film. And he's teaching his daughter, like we mentioned earlier, how to shoot a, an arrow. And during that process, she fades away, and he turns around to look for her. And then next thing we know, his wife and two sons are gone. It's just him out there in a field screaming their names, wondering what happened to him. And then it cuts to our our heroes. What did you think of that that first scene, Mark, with, with Hawkeye? Uh, Clint Barton. Uh, so <laughs> initially I thought it was really good, right? Because I'm in the moment sitting in the theater and I loved it. You know, it's like, oh, cool. You know, we get to see what happened to Barton. And then you can kind of see, you know, why he took the path he did in the movie, right? Right. You, you can understand that. And I, and I think it's really great. But once you sit down and think about it, you know, for crazy fans like me, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way as far as timeline goes or sensible writing goes. Because a couple date like, so Infinity War happens and it didn't happen in like a 10 minute series, you know, 10 minute sequence. It was like a couple days long, right? So it's always weird to me that in that couple days time, Barton is just like, oh, I don't care. Like no one called me to tell me what was going on. I'm just chilling here with my family and I have no idea about anything. And then his family disappears and he has like, no idea what's going on. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, because when, you know, from the time that uh, they first came to Earth, right, and they started attacking it and, you know, looking for the stones and stuff and Tony disappears, like some time went by and with with Barton, it was just like, you know, clueless. Even Ant-Man, it was like, oh, we don't know what's going on. We're just going to be testing this, uh, this thing on the roof here, how to get smaller and enter the quantum realm. And we don't really care that Tony Stark's gone missing and uh, Spider-Man's gone. And you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it's good idea because it helps bring the story together. But when you think about it as a whole, it's like, that's kind of weird writing because it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, there's no sense of urgency. He's just chilling with his family, eating some hot dogs. Everything's cool. Mm -hmm. And there's no way in my mind that Natasha doesn't call him and say, Clint, uh, I know you're in retirement, but gosh dang it, the world, you know, Tony's gone and, uh, you know, half of New York downtown is now destroyed for the fifth time in the whole series. And we need your help. (laughs) Isn't there a line in Infinity War where they Natasha does say that she contacted him and he said he's going to sit this one out? Am I remembering that correctly? Mm, I'd have to go back. I thought she just said that they took like a good deal or something like that. Like him and Scott took a good deal. Mm. And so they're... Well, also in the beginning, doesn't he like reach down like to tie his shoe and you could see an ankle bracelet like a... Ankle monitor. House, yeah, like a house arrest thing. Yeah. Okay, I wondered if I was imagining that or not. So he's still suffering the effects of civil war and being in trouble with the law, the Sokovian Accords. Yeah, and that was also the story of why Ant-Man didn't get involved because he was on house arrest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it got the end. I don't know, it's just weird to me. Like, It's just hard for me to kind of grasp that as heroes and friends that they would just 
not know about it until the minute everyone disappeared. Yeah, I agree. Especially with Hawk with Hawkeye. He's been involved since the first Avengers film. And you know, him and Natasha are close. Mm-hmm. As well as some of the others. So I mean, yeah, you would think he would be a little more like I said, have a little more sense of urgency. So so I liked it in the movie. But when I think about it as a whole, I'm like, ah, that's just kind of weird writing. You know, it's yeah. like it doesn't tie in very well. But I did like it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. All right. So what happened? <laughs> remind me what happens after this. Did we see the title? Is that what it is? Yeah, the title. And then it goes into, uh, I think, Steve um, and Black Widow. And they're talking about it's been 23 days since the snap. Yeah. Well, what, wait. When does um, when do we see Tony? In the ship. Oh, we oh, see Tony pretty quick there, and he's like talking to his mask, right? And he's just yeah, like, giving his last rites, like or whatever, like oh, you know, I hope you don't feel too guilty, but at least a little guilty or whatever, right? Yeah. And he's teaching Nebula how to play paper football. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So we see that it cuts to them in space, and they're just waiting for someone to come rescue them. They're running out of time. A pretty bleak moment. Um, I did like. That it was just those two. I mean, you'd never put those two together. At least I never would, you know, and they had a, some bonding moments and you just kind of, you're waiting for them to die. You know, they're not going to, cause you've seen the previews, but initially you're like, wow, are they going to get out of this one? And then at the last minute, Tony's basically about ready to die of hunger and thirst. Uh, Captain Marvel shows up and rescues them, brings them back to, to the Avengers facility. I wish they would have gone more into that and showed how she knew like where they were. Like, bridge the gap from when she received the message from her pager from Nick Fury to yeah. her rescue Stark. Like that was just too too much time had passed. They didn't bridge that enough. Yeah. Well, where well, were they? Were they on Saturn? Oh, they were or, out in the middle of nowhere. Well, because they were they were on his planet, which is by Saturn. Yeah, which is on his home world, right? Uh huh. And so they were in our galaxy, or like in our solar system. No. Yeah. And so yeah, that's right. He lives by Saturn. That's where his moon, Titan. Yeah, Titan. So the planet is Titan, yes. But it's like, it's not Saturn. It's not the moon Titan. It's a completely different... You don't, you don't think it's in our solar system? No, I don't know. I've, I've seen in the telescopes, I've seen the cities up there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always thought that it was the Titan in our, in our solar system. So maybe it's not. But even if it's not, uh, I, I keep wondering, so does Captain Marvel have access to the Bifrost? I don't think Which so. I think she's traveled across space in the blink of an eye. Well, so is the Tesseract, is that the space stone? Yeah. So she, her powers came from the Tesseract, right? So she is basically a living space stone, a manifestation of the space stone or the space stone in, imbued her, it, its powers into her. So that's Plus how, strength. Yeah. Plus strength somehow. Yeah. Somehow. But um, so that's how she's able to travel through space is the way I, I see it. Okay. It does say Saturn's moon. That's the same moon. Really? Yeah. Go to Thanos Wikipedia and that just tells you <laughs> everything you want to know. I don't know. It just seemed like a super advanced civilization. And yeah, we've never heard of it or seen it in the telescopes. I don't know. Well, come, come on. I mean, you got the, the last son of Mars in DC, right? Yeah. What's crazy about these, Justin, is that they're not really real, so it can make sense. What? I don't get it. <laughs> no, they're not it. advanced anyways. They like killed off their whole planet, and that's why he's mad. Yeah. The mad titan. I get it. But So, okay, so they were in our solar system, supposedly, right? I mean, I, I don't know what they're trying to say in the movie, but 
but even still like it like you said how does he know where they're where they are yeah and if he's like you know half a block away from us in the terms of the galaxy why didn't he just come get the stones like eons ago yeah true mm-hmm. yeah i think they amended the the film universe to be different in the comics yeah um, whatever well, anyways <laughs> that's the tangent we don't need to get into right now but um but yeah you brought up a good point kimball in the, at the end of captain marvel the one of the end credit scenes is right uh, tony or not tony steve Nick Fury. well that whole thing well no that was from infinity war but they're there at the in the Avengers base with Nick Fury's pager. Right, yeah. Looking at it and it turns on or does something and then Captain Marvel shows up and they see her for the first time. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened in Endgame. Mm-mm. Not at all. So Yeah, it's like they kind of cut that all out and just was like, okay, we assume everyone recognizes that they meet and yada yada. Yeah, anyway. So Captain Marvel somehow finds them. Maybe there was a distress signal that she picked up on and was able to bring the ship back to the Avengers base and they all meet up again and Tony's all emaciated and starving and looks like a skeleton and he finds out that Pepper Potts is still alive. They they go back into the base and they start talking, what, what are they going to do now? So their plan is they're going to find out where Thanos is and fight him again. And they did. I thought this was an interesting disconnect because they're like, well, we don't know where he is. How are we going to find him? And then the next thing you know, Rocket Raccoon's like, well, two days ago, there was this energy surge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wait a minute. He knew, but he didn't tell him or, or it happened yeah. two days ago. How does he have better technology than they do? Yeah. Well, it was. it's not like he'd be like, hey, guys, remember when he snapped his fingers and there's this big power surge? I don't know if this is important, but there's another one. <laughs> yeah. And then like two minutes ago earlier in the in the movie, they were saying they didn't know where he was. So... It seems like there was some time that passed and they cut some scenes out or something because there is, it jumped forward until they didn't know where he was to all of a sudden they knew where he was. Mm-hmm. So and that, if it's that noticeable when you're watching it the first time, because I get it, there's some things you don't pick up on until like second, third, fourth viewing. You're like, hey, wait a minute. That was pretty obvious right from the get-go. I thought they needed to do a better job of that. Mm-hmm. So they, they head out to wherever he's staying in their cool new ship. And they show up to and see Thanos and he's there and he's all injured and limping and his half his face is burned up and stuff, his arms burned up. And so what'd you guys think of this scene where they just go gangbusters and get in there? Um it kind of it kind of reminded me a little bit of the last Hobbit film where they kill Smog right away. Mm. And it's like, oh, they just killed the bad guy. Well, what else is gonna happen in the rest of the movie? Yeah. That was what I thought, but it was a little strange how he just kind of just surrendered himself and he didn't put up a fight i mean he still could have been really strong but i i was a little surprised and that it went that direction yeah yeah it was too i don't know i i and like you said maybe they cut some stuff out because i think they were trying to make it seem like he had resigned to do what he was going to do and now his mission's done and he could care less right like if i've got to die for for me to save the universe then so be it you know so it was kind of hard to have that disconnect because he was just like you know like you said didn't fight back he could have fought back uh you know from what we see later in the movie and past ones i mean he could have still you know caused a lot of trouble done a lot of damage and it was just like they came in grabbed him end of story yeah yeah and thor did his business he went for the head this time 
made sure there wasn't any mistakes. Um, when that happened, I was like you, Kimball. I was like, well, okay, so now what? Who are they going to, what's the conflict going to be? Who are they going to have to defeat in this film? And I started thinking, well, maybe is it Dormammu from uh, Doctor Strange? Is it Galactus who we've never seen? Or is it someone else? No. Mm-hmm. So I, my mind was just like spinning. Okay, now what? And I was a little disappointed when it ended up being Thanos again. But I mean, it still ended up being pretty good. But I was hoping for a whole new direction, but that wasn't meant to be. So, and then we get one of the biggest surprises of the film, I think, is there's a, the screen fades to black and we see the words five years later. What did you guys think of this time jump, Mark? Uh, I was kind of confused when it was like, I'm like, what, five years? Like, that's a long time. Yeah, initially I thought I was going to say five months or five weeks or something. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, I know they were going to say time passed, but five years is an enormous amount of time. And I I didn't feel like there was the kind of destruction that you would expect either. Like they just showed a bunch of abandoned buildings, which would make sense, right? Because like the United States is made to fit how many people we have in it right now. So if you cut it in half, there wouldn't, but I think there'd be a lot larger breakdown in social structure. Yeah. Right. I mean, 13 Avengers aren't going to be able to, you know, stop the world from collapsing. You know, I mean, it's just going to collapse. And, and so that was one thing that I, and I don't know, I don't know what it like expected like zombie type apocalypse or anything, but I just thought it was just like, the, like I thought that in the theater, I'm like, Oh, I expected more there to be more mass chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about for you, Kimball? I was hoping, I liked that it was the five-year jump because I wanted to see like, okay, what's society going to be like now? But with this movie, you hardly got to see much of society. Um, it was mainly just focusing on these superheroes, which I didn't like. It seemed like they were trying to show the effects of the snap, but then they didn't really show it. They had one scene where Captain America was having an interview, or not an interview, but like an intervention, like a therapy club with some other friends just to see how they're dealing with it. But I mean, that was it. There wasn't, I wanted to see like, how does society function? Yeah, you could see a bit, few abandoned buildings, but it was just kind of a, a letdown for me. Like, ah, they set this up and it could have gone in a different direction, but they chose not to. Yeah, yeah like it got all gla- glassed over. Like, it's like, uh-huh. uh, we don't have time. Use your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, there was people in my theater who were like, what? This is BS, man. They were like yelling. <laughs> so this is stupid. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, it was unexpected, and I like that unexpectedness, yeah. but it just wasn't, uh, they didn't continue on with it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you just weren't given enough information for it to, to mean anything or to enjoy it, you know, to enjoy the, the situation. And or I guess appreciate the situation should would be a better word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like maybe if they showed like people protesting against the Avengers, like they're mad at them because they caused this. Kind of like how in Batman versus Superman, people were really mad at Superman, and there's statues, you know, with his like face crossed out or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I wanted to see some pullback or some uh, resistance against these superheroes because they're not the heroes anymore. They didn't save Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And then even with Scott Ling, like, right, like, yeah, he came back and he's like, oh, what happened? And blah, 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 but he just went to where he used to live and his daughter's there, you know, like problem solved. Mm-hmm. And so even with that, you couldn't really get the connection like that. There's this huge, great loss. Yeah. And what do you guys think about him coming back? How, if, I, if I'm correct, it's the rat walked across the control panel and basically turned it on 
which brought Scotland back, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was a missed opportunity. In oh, I agree. In what way? Do you are you are you thinking? I think it should have been the cat. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> oh, you mean um, goose? Goose. Yep. How how tell me like as late as the, the the thing was, had it just been goose, you would have excused that it was a rat that did it, and you could have overlooked it, right? Like you, because the rat did it was kind of dumb. You're like, okay, that's uh, pretty stupid. But um, if it would have been goose then you would have excused, you know, all of that, like, oh, lame story writing or lazy story writing or whatever you want to say. It would have just been awesome. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. And then you would have tied in, you know, Captain Marvel a little bit more. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. For me, it was missed opportunity. Like that, I I said that to uh, my brother Shiloh in the movie. I was like, oh, it would have been awesome if it was Goose. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was lazy story writing. I mean... So what happens if the rat never flips the switch, right? It's, they're still stuck where they're at. No, Dr. Strange saw that in his 14 million things. He saw that the rat was going to be there. Yeah, I saw a meme that was like the real hero of the Avengers and it was the rat. <laughs> <laughs> the rat. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I thought they could have played it a little cooler. Yeah. Or have someone, some other... Even a person just messing around with it, I think. Like, oh, what's yeah, this? Yeah, like a kid climbing around in the junkyard or wherever he was, that repo lot. Yeah. Well, and it's like the Avengers know who Scott Lang is. No one went and looked for him. Yeah. No one thought to like, hey, maybe we should check his car. Yeah. Nope, not here. I'm going to leave this crazy device that's on, just on, you know, and not touch anything. Yeah. A little suspect there. But I, I mean, I noticed that there was, they had their idea of what they wanted to do. And I think they did a good job of doing it. But there was a lot of lazy writing on the side on stuff that was like peripheral vision type stuff. Yeah. The problem is you're going to get fans that watch it a couple times or are really good fans and watched all the movies like us. And we talk about it all the time. And we're going to notice that stuff a lot better. And so, yeah. you know, I think they're normal average fan it's fine they're not going to notice but for other fans it's really going to stand out which is why you're going to get people in theaters yelling like this is stupid what the heck uh, like the guy next to me who like sobbed for like legitimately sobbed for like the last 10 minutes of the movie you know what i mean like you're gonna get gotta so they'll they'll be different but um i i don't know i think as the story goes in general it was great but i think that the peripheral stuff was a big letdown yeah yeah, so Ant-Man, he, he's freed. He kind of figures out what's going on and he decides to go check out what the Avengers facility is up to and he goes back to New York and drives his van cross country and meets up with Steve Rogers and Natasha and he tells them about his experience and they come up with a plan to time travel as a way to fix the snap. And this was this threw me for a loop. Um, I mean, it makes sense. They, it, I think they had to tie in the the quantum realm somehow because really that was the purpose of Ant-Man was to introduce this quantum realm and it had to play in somehow to the story. So they decided to use time travel, which I'm always up for a good time travel story. But did, did you guys have any drawbacks or what did you think of this quantum realm and time traveling when they started to go down that route? Yeah, I thought it was fun. Time travel is always exciting, but then once they got explaining it, it went over my head and then they started to diss back to the future. And I just thought, all right, that's enough. I drew the line at that because you cannot say that back to the future. Was, what did they say? It was a lot of crap. 
Yeah, a load of crap. You just you just can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic, man. And then they started naming like other time travel films, like Wrinkle in Time, which was like the worst movie in the whole wide <laughs> yeah. world. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I don't think they gave me enough information to debate it at all. To be like, I don't understand this, or that's too simple. Like they just didn't give enough information about it, right? And for me to really draw conclusions. So for me, I was just like, uh, okay, sure. You know what I mean? Like mm. if you if you say it so, it's so. You know, like I don't understand what you're talking about, and you're not really giving me enough information to try to understand it. So I did like that they talked about um, time travel different than from what we know. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Because one of the ideas was that with time travel, if people even care about this, is it creates alternate realities. And I thought the way that they did it explained off any possible alternate realities. Like, so that people wouldn't be like, wait a minute, but then that created a new timeline and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And a different, you know, uh, a different reality and I mean you can debate some of the stuff like with Loki and things like that but in general it eliminated any effect of alternate realities and so I liked how it did that because it kind of drew that up but um, you know kind of same thing I think it really came down to they didn't want to take the time to really try to fully let people understand they're just kind of like uh, we'll just throw this at them and then, then they can just accept it or not yeah yeah, I think as long as they, whatever explanation they give and the rest of the film plays by those rules, it's fine. Because there are no rules to time travel. So as long as there aren't any glaring inconsistencies and they follow their own rules, then it's entertaining and interesting, then yeah, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. So their their big plan was to go back in time and uh, remove the stones from that time and bring them forward to be able to bring all the people back and defeat Thanos and then go back to that same point in time and you know, put the stones back where they were. So uh, they identify, was it three, four different places? Yeah, four different places where the stones were. There was the reality stone on Asgard, the power stone on Morag, and then there was three stones on Earth during the Battle of New York. The, the Tesseract, which is the space stone, the time stone was there, and then one more... The mind stone on Loki's staff. Yeah, the mind stone. Mm-hmm. And then the Vor- the soul stone was still on Voromir. So they created a plan and a team to go back into these places and take the stones. Asgard, they sent Thor and Rocket Raccoon to get that. Uh, Morag, they sent Nebula and War Machine, Rhodey. Then for Earth, they sent Ant-Man, Steve Rogers, Tony Stark. Then for... Voromir, they and the Hulk, Hulk, yes. Mm -hmm. Then for Voromir, they sent uh, Natasha Romanoff and Clint Barton. So let's talk a little bit about each one of these scenarios since they ended up playing a big part of the film with Asgard. um, Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about Fat Thor. (laughs) So we missed that. Yeah. So in the five-year time jump, uh, Thor becomes depressed and doesn't care about anything else anymore. So he drinks a lot of beer and plays video games and gets a little belly. It's a a beer gut. What do you guys think about that whole sequence? I thought it was great. I liked how they made, he was the most changed character out of all of them. And it, you can really see the effect of what Thanos did on him. I couldn't really see it on the rest of them. They just seemed kind of more withdrawn or more self involved in their own lives. But like Thor, like, yeah, you could really see he's like his attitude changed. He's not this heroic, you know, 
all confidence guy anymore. He's just he doesn't care about his looks. Um, he just kind of does his own thing. I I liked how they did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it too. Just kind of like. I think he's exactly what uh, Tony Stark would have been like had Tony Stark not had Pepper. Yeah. Right. Because Tony Stark's child gave him purpose. And so regardless of whatever, you could tell he was depressed and stuff, but he had a purpose and he doesn't have one. And so really get to him while everyone else kind of filled their time to try to make themselves with purpose. Right. You know, trying to save the world, you know, pick back up, start over, whatever it is. And he just was done. You know, he had nothing. He lost everybody. Like he, like they won, but they lost. And, uh, you know, I, I think he really shows that, you know? Yeah. So um, he he gets back in the game when Hulk and was it Rocket? Yeah, they, they went and got yeah. him, picked him up, brought him back into the fold. And he's he was very uh, comedic oriented in this film. It was more of a, I don't know if punchline is the right word, but he was the one cracking jokes throughout the whole film or being the butt of jokes. So different persona for him in this film. Him and Rocket go back to Asgard and he meets up with his mother and she gives him a little talk about, you know, hey, sometimes we fail, but what's matter what matters is what we do after we fail. It's not, you know, that doesn't define us, doesn't define who we are. So he gains a little more perspective with that. And Rocket is able to get the the ether out of Jane Foster and then they they escape. Mm-hmm. I did want to see, I was glad to see that Jane Foster was finally written back into the, the show again, but I, I wished she would have had a more prevalent role, but I'm, I'm fine with how it ended up. Yeah. I mean, there was, she was supposed to be like uh, Thor's lover. Yeah. And it's like how they wrote her out of the script. Like he, Thor just makes it seem like she was just a, a fling, a summer love. Like he wasn't, she wasn't anything significant. So that was kind of disappointing for me. Like, Hey, at least like talk to her and say what happened. Maybe there's closure there. Yeah. Maybe there isn't. It could have been better to have somewhat more of her involvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if it was Natalie Portman's like, no, I'm, I'm good, which is hard to believe because, first of all, everyone's in this film and there's a lot of money involved in this film. And her character was always very well written and, you know, wasn't just some punchline or some afterthought. She was always a big part of the film the previous film. So I don't know. I was just curious that she ends up like this and she could have been the one to give Thor purpose, you know, after everything. So maybe that's, I don't know. Anyways, it didn't happen. Yeah. So then Nebula and Rhodey, they go to Morag, which is the planet where the power stone is hidden in the little uh, orb that star Lord in the guard, the first guardians of the galaxy. He's going to get that power stone in the opening sequence there. And so we get to see that from a different perspective. Uh, Rhodey and Gamora, or not Gamora, Rhodey and Nebula are hiding, watching him. And that's one thing I did like about this film is you got to see the same sequences that we saw before in some of these films, but from a different perspective. And I, I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, was, that was neat to see. Yeah. So they they essentially knock out Star-Lord and take the take his place and steal the the power stone and as they do that it's pretty simple nothing really happens uh but when they go to transport themselves back to the current day and time nebula has a hiccup with her her mechanical self and Rhodey ends up going back by himself so this is what i don't get how did her mind how to explain this part to me how it happened her past mind was getting 
was seeing the future mind. Yeah, they were syncing up and communicating and their consciences were tied together. Hmm. So her, she, I guess she has some sort of visual recording system and it malfunctioned and kicked on. And her old self, who was in the presence of Thanos, started showing some footage from her and Rhodey's plan to get the the power stone. And so Thanos, in this way, finds out about their their time heist plan before he even gets the first stone, really. Mm-hmm. So, because this this scene happens in Infinity War, she gets like hooked up to that hose to the back of her head, and they're trying to get information from her. Like that happened in the previous film, and they kind of tied it into this one as happening at the same time. Is that how it worked? I think the process is the same, but it's a different point in time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because this is during the time period of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Because they do make make a reference to Ronan. Ronan is the one that ends up chasing Star-Lord to get the the Power Stone back. And so that's it's kind of during that period. I get it now. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Thanos finds out about the plan and he says, well, it looks like I won in the future. I, I ended up getting all the stones and <laughs> fulfilled my goal. But now, but now these guys are trying to fix that. And he sees his own death. He sees his head getting cut off. And he was like, okay with that. He just said, well, that was the plan all along. I'm supposed to die after this, which yeah. I didn't like that part. Yeah, he's like, that was my destiny. Oh, well. I think it's just that as a being, like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's kind of like with Thor's mom, right? She didn't find anything weird about the time travel, True. right? Yeah. Like I, and I think it was because she was a being, she's a being of a more powerful essence, right? So she understands things differently. So what it basically what it is like, I'm pretty sure like Odin would have been, would be like knowledgeable to their time travel. Right. Right. He would have been aware of it. And so I think that with like Thanos, that's kind of what you're seeing is that that's why he's so resigned to it. Because he he's like a powerful enough being that he understands what's going on. That, look, it doesn't matter if I want to die or not. That's my destiny. And that's what's supposed to be, hmm. you know. And for other people, it's hard for them to accept. Uh, so and, and that's kind of how the way I read it and just kind of the whole thing, you know, with his mom and, and things like that is that they just see it at a different perspective than us because they're, they're beings of, of greater power. Yeah, that makes sense. So he starts to come up with a plan himself to be able to stop the Avengers plan to stop him. And he essentially kidnaps the future Nebula and replaces the past Nebula, who's still loyal to Thanos, and sends her back to the present time instead of the, the future Nebula. And the, the past Nebula is going to try to... Well, what she does end up bringing Thanos back into the the future of the, the of this present film that we're watching, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So that's how that all works out. Um, so Tony, Ant Man, uh, Scott Lang, and the Hulk. Did I say Steve? So Steve, Tony, Bruce, and Scott go back to the Battle of New York, and they're there and they're watching the aliens attack New York again. And their plan is to steal the the three stones, time, space, and mind stones. Bruce goes after the time stone. He goes to talk to the ancient one who is in New York at that time. 
we see another perspective that she and her uh, people are fighting against the, the aliens there in New York. So that was cool to see that. Yeah, that was cool. They were kind of helping with that battle. I thought that was neat. Yeah, they were they were involved. So that's that's good. And Bruce talks to her and she ends up doing the the move where she takes his soul out of the body and is able to talk to him and reason with him. And this is where we see the the concept of, you know, hey, we'll we'll take the we'll remove the stones at this point and it will create an alternate reality, but we'll come back when we're done and give the stones back to you and then it'll be like it never happened. So she agrees to it once she realizes that Stephen Strange is involved in all of this. And she knows that Stephen Strange is the best of them. So if he signed off on it, then she pretty much has to as well. I don't know why he didn't bring that up in the, to begin with. It seems natural to me like, hey, I was brought here from the future by Stephen Strange. He said, this is what we have to do. Yeah. So she gives it to him. And then meanwhile, Tony, Steve, and Scott are trying to get the other two stones. And here it's after the battle is his one. They've captured Loki. And they're in the, the Avengers Tower, Tony Stark's Tower. And they. this is where it got a little confusing for me because we see Loki, he's captured, it's, you know, all the Avengers are there and he changes himself so he looks like Steve Rogers like he did in uh, Thor The Dark World. Then he changes back. So you see this quick change where he mimics Steve Rogers. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. agents show up to take the, the stone, the mind stone that's in the staff back to shield headquarters which is great because that's how we know they get it in ultron because i never watched the tv show and i've always wondered how did hydra get the staff in ultron after the avengers and this helps to bridge that gap and explain that Mm -hmm. what was going on behind the scenes i like that yeah well i never knew steve was part of hydra but he he knew the secret whisper and everything Well, it's future Steve, so he knew for Winter Soldier. I thought that was a clever move. Yeah, I like that. He just whispers in his ear, Hell Hydra. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool because they get in the elevator and it's reminiscent of what we saw in Winter Soldier, right? Where he gets in the elevator and there's this big brawl and he just throws down with him. I thought that they were he was gonna beat him up again. I was expecting that. Yeah. But then he like Mark said, he just goes, Hell Hydra. And that was just as cool. Ask me. Mm-hmm. So he he makes off with the staff, and meantime Tony and Ant Man are trying to get the Tesseract from from them as well. The, and they make Hulk take the stairs. He's mad. He goes down. Um, they finally are able to get. Okay. Anyway, so Hulk is going down the stairs. Tony mm-hmm. and Scott are able to cause a distraction where. They get the case that holds the space stone, the Tesseract. But when Hulk comes down the stairs, he opens the door, knocks Tony down. The case goes flying, pops open, the and uh, Loki grabs the Tesseract and disappears. So did you guys have, like, do you know what happens after that? Like, where does the space stone go after that? Or does it matter? I think it matters for the future TV shows that they're going to come out with. But for this story, I read a couple things. Um, no, go ahead. Finish your TV shows. Sorry. No, I, I was just saying it. I think they're going to expound on that in the TV shows, but in this point in time, it doesn't seem to matter because they go back in time and get a different or the same time stone just uh, back in time. Right. Mm-hmm. Not time, but the Tesseract. Yeah. So I've read a couple things. Um, that one, it would change. It would change kind of the future events from that point going forward, but it would eventually get itself fixed because they ended up where they ended up. 
right? So it'll naturally fix itself. I also heard that when Steve Rogers went back in time, you know, to put all the stuff back, that he probably fixed that. Okay. Yeah. And then um, uh, I've also heard that uh, just like Gamora, Loki will be back. Back in what time period? That he'll meet up with them at their current time period. He's not really dead. Like Gamora came from the past and you know what I mean? Or yeah, from the past. And now she's back with, uh, you know, back alive again with everyone else. And that somehow Loki will end up being too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Well, let's put a pin in that Gamora comment, but we'll get back to that later. But so Loki won't die as he did in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he w- yeah, see, I and I don't know. That's what they're saying is that, well, now there's two Lokis. So he will die, but this Loki who grabbed the stone and disappeared will be the one that stays alive. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, obviously no one knows. I like to, for me to wrap it up nicely. I just think, okay, well, Steve went back and fixed it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So since Loki escaped with the Tesseract, they had to go back further in time to a different point where they knew where it would be. And somehow Tony knew that. They didn't really say, he just said, I know. So they go back to the 70s. We think it's 1970, maybe 1971, to the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility that we saw in... Winter Soldier. Yes. The one that's hidden underground. So they go there, Steve and Tony do. Scott Lane goes back to the present time but with the the staff. But Tony and Steve, they go back to this S.H.I.E.L.D. facility on the army base where Captain America was created. His idea was was formed. And Tony ends up meeting with his dad as he grabs the, the Tesseract. He ends up meeting with Howard Stark, um, has a, a moment with him and kind of reconnects. Uh, one of his main storylines has been that him and his dad didn't get along in the last few years of his life. And he really regrets that. And here's a chance for him to, to, to have a, a nice little moment with him. And they talk about how Howard's going to be a new, a new father. His wife's pregnant. We talked a little bit about this earlier off air, but we seem to think that the, the timeline doesn't really match up. If this new child is Tony, seems like we thought we all thought he was going to be older than this. Any thoughts on that guys? Mm-hmm. They did say at the end that they were going to name him some weird name and Tony like laughed. And that makes me think, well, maybe Tony has a sibling or had one and that could have been the name of it. And maybe this unborn baby wasn't really Tony. It could have been a sibling or something like that. Because, yeah, he seems to be older than having been born in the 70s, 1970. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. But then thinking back on their conversation, it was this was... Howard's first child. That's true. But it just doesn't seem to match up. So I don't know if it's back. Yeah, it's probably something else where they get just got it wrong, right? I mean, because 1970, the comic books have him being born in 1965. Mm-hmm. So either it's a brother that he knew he never had or miscarriage or, you know, died young or, or, or something. But But the whole idea that, well, it's his first child, right? It, that, that's what ruins it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell like Tony kind of seemed like confused by this for a second. He's like, wait, what, wait, what year is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so because otherwise he wouldn't have been confused. He'd just be like, oh, it's me. Right. You know, he like, but he didn't seem he didn't seem like that. So it, it's all kind of strange. Is Tony adopted? Yeah, maybe. 
right? That would be like the only explanation that they could easily explain that off for, for that, you know, weird timeline thing. I, I just don't know how they'll fix that, you know, as far as, as far as the real timeline goes, unless they come out and say, oh, well, we're going to, Tony was actually born in 1970 in the films. Tech with the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. But even then it seemed like he was older, but so either it's, a, there's a deeper meaning that will be revealed later, hopefully, or it's, again, just lazy writing, which is unfortunate because it's not that hard to, to do your, they've done a lot of research on a lot of things throughout these films. And this is a pretty simple thing. And something that I've never quite put together with these, with Howard Stark, his dad, like his age, he's just super old because we'll just pretend He's the same age as Peggy. Peggy was born in 1920, you know, in the time of of Captain America, the first one, she was 25. So if this is 1970, that would make Tony Stark uh, 50 years old and he's having his first kid. Yeah. But it's like he didn't look like a 50-year-old guy. And same with when they showed Peggy, she didn't look like a 50-year-old woman. Like, why was he so old becoming a dad? I just never, this the timeline of Tony's parents and then Tony, there just seemed like it was way too big of a gap. Yeah, that's a good point. Peggy de- definitely didn't look like she was 50, maybe 40 at, at best, the oldest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, just read this. I don't know how new this is. I haven't read it. Uh, this is a, um, this is written back in 2013. Okay. It's on, it, it's just a news thing that was published and it says, as we've learned in Marvel Comics, Iron Man number 17 came out October 23rd of 2013. Tony Stark is adopted. What? Plotline, which revealed that there's a second natural-born Stark brother named Arno, will be played out extensively, extensively in the monthly comic books. But what does it mean for the Marvel movies? Question mark. Hmm. Was that the weird name that he mentioned? Arno? Or something like that? Yeah, he might have. Um, Could have been. It says it... Uh, let's see. Um, comic fans know Arno eventually becomes the time-traveling Iron Man of 2020, with many of the same characteristics that appeal to the fans to Tony Stark. So I, apparently he has like uh, an iron lung, you know, instead of like a thing for the heart, you know, and things like that. So apparently there's a lot of similarities, but they don't look alike, right? Because he's adopt- Tony's adopted. So Interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. And I don't know how canon this is. Like I said, it only came out in 2013, so it's probably one of the new storylines for Iron Man. Um, Iron Man 1 came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, But the, I don't yeah. think they ever really said that Tony is a biological son or a, a dot. They never really defined it either way. No. So, I mean, maybe that is an easy way for him to explain it off. Yeah, good point. Hmm. There you go. Maybe that's how they carry Iron Man forward from here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wonder what they'll do, you know, but that's... Uh, there you go. So anyone that had that question, there's an answer. Yeah, cool. So they were able to get the Space Stone. Steve, like we mentioned, sees Peggy Carter, sees that um, she still has his picture on her desk. And he looks at her longingly and is like, well, what could have been type thing. So I think we'll see what could have been later on. You know how you guys were talking about like Peggy Carter's age, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, what's funny then is that if she's like in her 50 she was born in 1921 right so she's 50 almost 50 he's like 29 yeah right that's a good point (laughs) anyways something to think about well yeah so when he yeah we'll get into that later um then we go to natasha and steve or not steve natasha and clint at 
Voromir trying to get the the soul stone. Here we have Natasha and Clint. Uh, we they meet up with the Red Skull again. He tells them the same thing that we saw in Infinity War that they need to trade a soul for the soul stone. And um, so they they fight over who it's going to be, and they wrestle and they jump off. They both jump off the ledge, but Natasha uses her gear to tie Clint to the edge so he can't jump off, and then she basically forces him to let her go and she falls to her death and we see Clint get the soul stone like we did with in the previous film. So then he heads back to the present time after that. So they all come back to the same time. They all have the stones that they need, but they are missing Natasha. So there's a moment where the original Avengers are grieving her and they realize, hey, we got to do this. We got to make sure we're successful. And that's when the story starts to move forward. And they develop a, a glove out of the Iron Man nanotechnology that can hold all six of the stones. And someone, I think it was my son brought this up, that, you know, why did they need to go to the, like we saw in the first film, that they had the dwarf, I can't remember his name, but they had him create the gauntlet because it had to be some strong metal that could withstand all this power. But yet here we go. Tony Stark using his technology to hold all the stones. Yeah, what the heck? Because if the dwarf would have made it, Tony Stark would have had a different ending. Yeah, I think. I think that's why, right? I think that's exactly what we saw. Because, I mean, uh, Thanos wasn't hurt until he destroyed the stones, right? Right. Yeah, the second snap. The second snap. The first snap, he was fine. But... And then the only reason Bruce lived is because he's the Hulk, but look what it did to him, right? Like destroyed his arm and probably would have killed him if he was not the Hulk. So I I think really that's what it is, is that it would have, um, it would have survived the first snap. He would have survived had it not, had it been made better. Yeah. Okay. So they were just trying to hurry and do it before anything happened. And that's the manner that they were able to to do it efficiently. Mm-hmm. He's used the Iron Man technology. So like you said, Hulk is able to, he's the strongest. It has a gamma radiation signatures, which is what he's basically made out of. So he uses it. He snaps, um, brings everybody back five years into the future. So there's, for them, it was one day it's, you know, five years ago. And then the next day it's five years later. Uh, he tries to bring back Natasha from the dead, but it uh, didn't work. But this is at the same moment that Thanos is able to arrive from his timeline as a result of Nebula bringing him back. She had given him a sample of the the Pym particle, which allows him to shrink his whole ship and all his people, apparently, and bring them through the time, the quantum realm to the current time. And as soon as they snap and bring everybody back, Thanos bombs the Avengers facility and everything goes into chaos at that point. Somehow, nobody died. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That is the best shielding ever. Yeah, yep. So there's a moment where they're all trying to escape from the wreckage and they're able to do so eventually. They Clint is able to grab the, the gauntlet with all the stones in it still, and they are able to escape all the bad guys. So that's where we're at. Thanos is in the current time frame, but he's the past Thanos because the current Thanos is dead. Um, there's two nebulas, the past and the present. Gamora's back because she came with Thanos and all the Avengers that... All the Avengers are alive, but uh, the ones that died in the previous film are somewhere else. So Thanos and his crew, his his armies, they 
start to fight the Avengers. There's a big battle. The, sh- the short of it, I'm sure you've seen it, is there's a big battle. Um, eventually, all the Avengers show up, which was one of the coolest moments in this film, if not the saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was epic, right? When, uh, you know, Stephen Strange, you know, open up all those portals, people start showing up. The huge army, right? You think it's over. Like, oh my gosh, like, tell, what, what are they called? The Taldiri? I don't remember. The, you know, Thanos' army, whatever they're called. They're all there and you're like, oh man, they're done. The children of Thanos are here. Uh, Thanos is there. They've got this huge army with everything, you know, like it's it's over. And then all of a sudden the portals open up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Look, they've got their own army and, and you can see the worry on Thanos' face, right? You're like, like, I don't think he quite was ready for that kind of a fight, you know, yeah. even even fight. I don't think he, like you saw the confidence drain right out of him. And uh, um, I mean, the humans, you know, for whatever they are, you know, like whatever, you know, whatever their strengths, they, you know, they were more than formidable, formidable for him. And it was just awesome. And then, you know, you get Peter Parker's thing. He's like, I must have fallen asleep. But, you know, uh, Doc, Dr. Strange is like, oh, it's been five years. We got to hurry and go help Tony. Yeah. And it's like, then you knew, right? Then you knew. And I'm sure everyone did anyway that, you know, when Tony, like in the last one, Fiddy Wars, where he's like, the only way. But it confirmed it. Like, he's like, oh, this is it. This is the only way. Yeah. And uh, you, you had hope again. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people got emotional at different points in the film. But this for me, this was like, I was, I mean, it wasn't like I was crying or anything. But this is the part that got me emotional. I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I wanted to see this whole time. Mm-hmm. So what just before this, there's a part where Thanos battles Thor, Tony, and Steve, and he handles them pretty good. I mean, there's, it, I, it was surprising to me how well he was able to defend himself and de- yeah, with no, defeated them. no infinity gauntlets. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. It didn't match up to what we saw in the previous film where he barely won because of the infinity gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Like Thor was able to take him out match the all six stones but then he i mean yeah he's fat now but he still had his hammer he had two hammers yeah and he still couldn't do it yeah yeah i thought they overpowered him there and then they either underpowered him or really overpowered captain america uh, captain marvel mm-hmm. right when he headbutts her and then nothing happens yeah yeah mm-hmm. i'm like okay that's stupid you know what i mean like uh you know one of the only reasons that i think that Thanos was able to defeat uh, Th- um, Thor and and uh, Hulk in the first place is because he had the power stone when he fought him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he doesn't, and he's more, you know, like you said, he's more than equal. And now all of a sudden he can just, you know, fight pretty much the three best Avengers and, you know, give them all they can handle. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't match up to what we've seen previously. Yeah, yeah. so the introduction of Car- Captain Marvel, she shows up from space and destroys Thanos' big ship so he doesn't have that advantage anymore. She goes toe-to-toe with Thanos with the glove. He ends up recapturing the glove at that moment, and um, she's winning until he grabs the power stone and just punches her in the face. <laughs> she goes flying. So uh, that And that didn't match up either because if he already has the power stone in the glove, why does he need to take it out to use it? Well, because wasn't she stopping him from closing the hand for, yeah. from utilizing it? Yeah. Yeah, but he still has it. He could just... He could still turn it on. Yeah, and just stop her from bending his fingers back or something. I don't know. It was a cool scene. I mean, a cool sequence, but it just didn't... I don't know. Like Once again, it didn't match up for me. Yeah. So 
anyway yeah and then i then i thought there was too some like lazy writing in, in some of the fight just like i said peripheral vision like how the children of the children of thanos died i don't know if that bothered you guys how did they die so explain this i i thought the only cool one was the big guy you know the real big one uh-huh um that gets his arm kind of closed off that one uh ant-man like steps on him and crushes him oh yeah oh yeah remember he just like stomps on him and then moves on i thought that was kind of cool i'm like oh that's pretty awesome but like the other ones like uh the one that takes out vision remember the one that pretty much destroys vision one-on-one he gets like stabbed by um the general chick and then thrown and he's dead i'm like yeah now that's kind of stupid and then the other one dies like a similar lame death and then the girl one uh i think she gets snapped away or whatever yeah, they were, didn't have as much power as they did in the previous film, which again, yeah. doesn't match up. Yeah, so it was just kind of weird. It was just, you know, in lazy writing. Yeah. But what was you guys' favorite sequence in that fight? Like, because there was a lot of cool things, right? Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of the um, uh, different, you know, it was pretty much the main fight, but they showed a lot of different scenes in there, especially with all the different, uh, uh, the different Avengers fighting to their abilities and stuff. So two of them for me, like that I just loved was one, holy cow, Dr. Strange is amazingly powerful and like is stopping, you know, like doing a whirlwind to stop, you know, the, the water coming out and things. And then the other one was, was Ant-Man when he just bursts out and he's this huge giant and he just starts marching and just killing everybody. I was like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, but then like he, Go ahead. he kind of like disappeared. Like what did Ant-Man do after that part? I was, he kind of, they don't show him anymore. Well, they do, which is they, they get the gauntlet and they're like, okay, we got to go. Oh, I guess it gets small. Yeah. They got to take it to the van. They finally get it to the van. It's like this huge sequence where they're chasing. The bad guys are chasing the gauntlets and the heroes are switching it off. They make it to the van and then Thanos just blows up the van. Yeah, there's that. I was just expecting more giant man throughout the whole battle because, like, you can't stop that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I liked the part with when Scarlet Witch shows up and she just, like, goes to town on Thanos. Pretty simple. And But once again, uh, this is when the ship starts firing down on everybody. And so she's un- un- unable to kill him, which she easily could have done. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, like, started firing on everybody. Yeah. And I thought that was good because it kind of showed, too, like that Thanos knew he was at a disadvantage. Like, oh crap, I'm going to lose here. I don't care if we kill my own guys. Like, do this quick. Yeah. And uh, and I like, too, to see that we got to see her finally let loose a little bit. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was that was pretty neat. Well, I, in, in that, I think I just remember there's someone who we didn't see, which was Vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that, too. Does it... Because I think he's considered one of... You know, he died before the snap. So he's, yeah, yeah, before the snap. Yeah, so he's considered dead. But I thought they said that he could exist without the stone. Remember when they were going to take the stone from him? And they're like, well, will he be the same person? And he's like, well, he'll probably, it might keep the best parts of himself. So they were saying that he could exist without the stone. And he's, you know, pretty much artificial intelligence. So I don't know what ripping the stone out would necessarily end him. Right. So, you know, they kind of explained it, that he would come back, but then we never saw him again. Yeah. I thought that the reason why he wasn't in is because he didn't exist. They took the mind stone before he was created, but that's creating an alternate reality. And I don't know if that was how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, my favorite scene of that whole battle was when Captain America was picked up Thor's hammer 
Because you're thinking the hammer is uh, go- coming from Thor, and then you see, no, it's coming from Captain America. And that was just the coolest part ever. I got so excited. Yeah, that's true. That was amazing. What did the guy say in your theater, Justin? Did he say, like, F yeah? Yeah, they were all, everyone was cheering. They're like, whoa. <laughs> What'd you think about Thanos grabbing Stormbreaker? Is there a, I don't think it's like um, Mjolnir. Yeah, you don't think you need to be worthy. Yeah, I think it's just a different weapon. Huh. But again, so back to Captain America. So he could wield his shield and the hammer and his, he's a super soldier, but yet Thanos still beats him. And he had the power of Thor. Right, yeah. So I don't know. I, maybe it's just me wishing he would have kicked his butt and, right, and then he didn't. So I'm like, I'm mad about it. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, they made him way too strong. Yeah, it, like you said, it was disproportionate at the end. I thought it should have been a little bit better done, like Thanos need to rely on his army and his, you know, generals and stuff more as opposed to like, uh, I'm going to handle every single Avenger here and then my army will do the rest. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just wasn't that way. I mean, we saw some of the, you know, besides Doctor Strange and Iron Man, you saw some of the, you know, weaker Avengers pretty much almost beat him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden uh, he's overpowerful. And let's get real. Why didn't Spider-Man use kill mode before? Yeah. Yeah. Like that kill mode was legit. Yeah. Like, why didn't he just jump on Thanos and be like, kill mode? (laughs) Yeah. And it seems like all the heroes they got as the battle wore on, especially with the three, Tony, Steve, and uh, Thor, they got tired. You know, they got wounded or whatever. But Thanos just never did. He was always the same, same level. Mm-hmm. Even though he was getting beat just as bad as they were. They were all beating up on each other, but he never suffered any consequences. Mm-mm. No, and then what kind of sword is he carrying that just is cutting through the vibranium? I know. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, why does he need the power stones if he has, or the infinity stones if he has that? I mean, that pretty much granted him all the power he needed. Yeah, I was like, holy cow, that thing is like just tearing through it. You know, he just grabbed Stormbreaker. Um, he, you know, he shrugged off Mjolnir like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just weird. Like, I mean, all around that. Uh, and then once he had the gauntlet, right? Remember, he had the gauntlet. It's not like you saw an increase either. It was just like, oh, I've got the gauntlet. I'm the same. Yeah. So, even though we're kind of pointing out some discrepancies and, um, negativity thing negative things i mean it was still amazing all around i mean i was still enjoyed it i'll see it again um but just a great great action sequence there in many ways yep and then and then tony yeah right? he steps up to the plate he gets to the point where he is able to steal the, the gauntlet from thanos with his nanotechnology it ends up on his hand and I thought he had the coolest line, right? Thanos is like, I am inevitable. And he snaps it. He realizes, hey, <laughs> this isn't the right, the right one. And then we see Tony Stark with it on, on his hand. And he's like, I am Iron Man. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. That was the best. Because that was like the main line that started the whole series. Like even though chronologically Winter Soul, you know, or uh, the first Avenger occurs first. Right. Iron Man came out first. Right. That was the the line at the end of the movie, yep. right? And he's, I am Iron Man. And that was his last word, right? I mean, he says, you know, I know he whispers a couple of things, but that was like his last big word. Yep, yep. And it costs him everything. Um, the beginning of the film, he's he agrees to get involved, but he's like, if, if it comes to it, I'm not going to sacrifice what I have. But yet there at the end, he realizes 
you know, this is bigger than me, which has always been his, his thing is he's always been self-centered and to some degree just out for himself, what his interests are. In this moment he realizes it's, it's way bigger than anything I could ever do other than this. And so he, he does the snap and he knows it's going to cost him everything, his life and everything else. But for him, it was the ultimate self-sacrifice. Yep. So he ends up getting mortally wounded as a result. Pepper's there. She lets him go. She says, we'll be all right. You know, referring to, to her and their daughter. And he, he passes on and he dies. Mm-hmm. Pepper, like, you know, is like, just let go. You know, you're okay. You know, we'll be okay. Yeah. Which I thought was strange. Like, she was kind of okay with it. Like, you'd think a wife, she would be grieving a lot more. Like, I told you not to do this. You know, kind of blaming him. Like, this was, you. I knew this would happen. Like, I, she was just like, okay, well, you did it. You saved everyone, and this is what you wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at that point, it was done, right? It's not like she can either be mad and that be their last moment, or she can... Yeah. Just be like, yeah, you saved humanity. You saved everyone in the universe. So I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah. I'm proud of that. And then for me, like when I got kind of like, I don't know, I didn't cry. Like I wasn't crying, but when I got a little Uh misty eyed, you know? You mean when there was dust in the room and got in your eye? Yeah. Yeah, When there was some dust and stuff. Um, And, you know, there was a little leak going on or something. But, uh, you know, is when Happy was talking to his daughter. And, you know, he's like talking to her and he's like, you want a cheeseburger? Your dad like, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. You know, like that kind of tugged at my strings, you know, because it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of so final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was, that for me was probably the, one of the more emotional parts. Yeah. The whole funeral scene was, was pretty good. Um, everyone was there. Everybody we named, pretty much everybody we named at the beginning when we went down that list, they were all there at his funeral and they're different groups and and you get the moment with Happy and his daughter talking about cheeseburgers and just a really good wrap up for Tony's story arc for his story. And um, it, it ended the way it should have ended, in my opinion. I mean, someone had to die. That's one one of my knocks about this saga, I guess, is there aren't really that many big consequences. A lot of crazy stuff happens, but yet most of the time everyone makes it out okay. But, you know, here we have Tony Stark giving the ultimate sacrifice. For me, that was acceptable. That was an acceptable ending. You know what mm-hmm. I thought was going to happen? And I've talked about this from the beginning. You know how we were talking about like Thanos was too overpowered? Uh-huh. I thought we were going to see Thanos starting to get beat up a little bit, a little bit too much. And we were going to see a bunch of those antiheroes show up to start helping Thanos. Yeah. I think them making an appearance would have been better. I thought that would have been cool. Just, you know, and not even a long sequence, you know, like five, 10 minutes, you know, with them and then, you know, end it, the, you know, the same way. But then, you know, instead of overpowering Thanos, it just eased it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they should have tied him in somehow. Missed opportunity, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them are so open-ended, you know, open-ended that, uh, you know, they could have just done something with it just to wrap that up nicely. But, oh, well. Yeah. It was still good. Yeah. So then we get the sequence with uh, Steve Rogers and his end of the story for him, where he is the one that ends up going back in time to take the stones back. And he does that, but then he doesn't come back. He takes Mjolnir back to Asgard as well. He doesn't come back. And then the next thing we know, we see him as an old man sitting on the bench and uh, Bucky and Sam go talk to him. 
And he basically tells them that he decided to stay, stay behind and live his life. And then it cuts to a scene where he's with Peggy and they're having their, they're finally having their, their dance that was promised in the first Avenger, which was, again, for me, that was a great ending and the right ending for, for Steve Rogers. I thought they should have done it different. In what way? They should have danced. But I think that she should have been like at a bar or something like that or a dance, you know, something just kind of drinking, like reminiscing on like, man, I should be here with Steve, you know, and then she looks up and Steve is there and then takes her out to the thing and dances in the middle. And then it kind of centers in on them. So it's only them, you know? Yeah, that would have been cool. As opposed to like dancing in your home. I don't know. I just, I'm sure that's normal. I, I dance with my wife in my, <laughs> my house all the time, but you know, it was just, I don't know. I felt like it was forced awkwardness. I don't know for like, it felt a little weird forced. Mm. Whereas I think the other way would have been a little bit more natural or realistic where she would go to a dance club and sit there, you know, and like at the bar or something like that, thinking like I should be here with Steve. Yeah. So I don't know. So when he, he went back and we had talked a little bit about this earlier, how she didn't look to be as old he was when they were dancing. But I got the impression that he went back to basically this, around the same time he left that he disappeared. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they showed some, some cars driving by and stuff before this, it goes into the house. And they're, you know, older cars from around that time period. So I think... So this goes back to the timeline thing. Did did it create an alternate timeline for Steve Rogers? If not, he kissed his freaking granddaughter. <laughs> it was his niece, not his granddaughter. His niece, like, oh, that's better. My fault, people. <laughs> it was only his niece. Yeah, they're not really blood related, so. <laughs> no, it's not his niece. Yeah. So, for me, this is how I see it. So we got Steve Rogers crashing in in the ice in the first Avenger. Then in this film, he goes back just just right after that. And so he's still, there's two Steve Rogers in this time period. One's in the ice and then one's living with Peggy. They they live their life. When Steve Rogers, Captain America come, comes back, he, you know, Peggy's old. She's in the nursing home. Steve's there. Both Steve's are there taking care of her. But they don't, the, the, the young Steve doesn't know about the old Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And not only that, but if he went back to 1945, one, that means he's like 102 years old at the end there. Yeah. You know, super old. And then two, uh, what, Peggy never told anyone she was married? No one ever got to meet her husband? And when they did, they just disguised him so no one knew Captain America was there? Well, I think, I mean, she did get married and have kids. I think he just changed his name. And at that point, you know, everyone thought he was dead. So he just said, oh, my name's whatever. So they didn't pick up on it. Hmm. I guess. I don't know. It's unproven. So who knows? That's just my personal theory. Yeah. It's our limited understanding of time travel from uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, another theory is, so if they, Natasha traded her soul for the soul stone, but if they take it back, does Natasha get her soul back? Do they, are they able to fix that or is she dead what do you guys think i think no i think it's the cost of getting the soul stone is the soul of a person but i mean the return policy is never stated that you can make an exchange back i think it's it's that sale that is final what does the soul stone even do that's a good question well maybe it's the thing yeah. that takes everybody's soul and they turn to dust maybe it's what kills yeah. everyone perhaps Other than that, i don't know 
Yeah, it's still it's not understand what the soul stone does. I I don't get it. Because the power stone could do that. Could be the thing that kills them. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But uh, yeah, no, I yeah that the. The getting of the soul stone is pretty final. Okay. Then Gamora, you're saying she's still alive, Mark? Well, she's not really alive, right? I mean, they just, she she comes back from another timeline or the past or whatever it is. And so she is alive now. So she's back, but it's not the same Gamora. Yeah, she doesn't know the Guardians. She doesn't know the Guardians. She doesn't know anything about Peter Quill. And she's like, you know, she even says, right, to her sister, like, this is the guy? Like, are you for real? Yeah. And but I think she likes him because he's in charge, right? He's the captain, and Thor agrees. Yeah, he's he's the captain. Of course, of course. Yeah, you you're the captain. You're the captain. I thought that part was awesome because it's just so witty, you know. Like he just smiles at him. That's why, like, yeah, you're the captain. Yep. yep. <laughs> like <and> it's just one of those things that everyone's a dad like with a friend or something like that. It's just like funny, right? And yeah. the whole time Quill's like. No, really, I'm, I'm the captain. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're the captain. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So do you think Guardians 3 is going to have those guys with, with Thor? It would have to. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe they fight Adam. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. All right. So the Stanley moment we've kind of talked about, uh, he's driving in the car with his girl, drives past the army base, and he's like, make love, not war, man. So that's, that's the last Stanley cameo. That we're gonna get. That was the last one filmed. Yep. Started from Wolverine. Yep. Well, was I he in the first X Men. X Men. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's had a good run. We'll, we'll miss him in these films. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know it was good, but I think the one bonus that we should mention is what was that sound at the end? Yeah, there wasn't an after credit scene, but there was this after credit sound effect. I guess it was a hammer clanging against something, right? Mm-hmm. So. It's either a, a full circle back to Iron Man when he was creating the Mark One suit, or something entirely different. Is what I'm thinking. Um, probably the one I I've most agreed with, mostly out of hope, is Wolverine claws. Okay, that'd be that'd be nice. Bring in the the X Men. Because mm-hmm. right, they own the they own the rights to it now. Yeah. So the thought is that they'll combine them. Yeah. Eventually. I think it's the start of something new, like building new after this whole destruction of the world and people dying, bringing them back to life. I like to think of it as like, well, they're building not necessarily a new Iron Man suit, but something, a new superhero or okay. new character. Yeah. Hey, is a thought. Did you guys think it was weird? Peter just goes back to school, like no thought, his friends there and all's cool. Like everyone's just going to school. Like it's a good thing. I'm like, wouldn't that be weird? Cause uh, anyone that stayed alive has now aged five years, so you're gonna have all this weird age type thing. Yeah, right? but I don't know, lazy writing, I guess. I thought that was. So does that mean everyone who was the same age, they all died and they got brought back to life? Like Ned, I yeah. guess he died in the snap. Yeah, he's the same he didn't age. Look older. So everyone who didn't die has already graduated, <laughs> moved on. I mean, if they graduated, right? Yeah. I mean, why would you go to school if the end of the world happened? Yeah. Why would you go back to school after all that anyways? I mean, yeah, it's not like, you know, like everyone all of a sudden came and it's like, well, I was snapped away, but I'm president again. Let me finish out my thing and everyone go to school tomorrow. Yeah, that was a little strange. But, oh, well, what do I know? I'm just, just a fan. So the next uh, film will be Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the final film in this whole Avengers story arc. According to Kevin Feige, who's 
the one in charge of all this Marvel stuff right now, that that film will be close everything out and they'll move in a new direction after that. But we still got Doctor Strange 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Captain Marvel 2. I mean, all these movies have been announced or at least announced they're in production. So Black Widow. Black Widow. That seems to be more of a prequel. So it's going to fit into this Avengers story arc. Unless she does come back from the dead and she does something else. I guess we'll see. Hmm. So yeah, final thoughts on this film, guys. Um, start with you, Kimball. Um, well, it was a good film. Initially, after watching it, I was super excited. Coming out of the theater, just all pumped up and just happy. Um, but after let it sit a few days, it's kind of mellowed out a bit, and I can kind of see it for what it is. Recognize a few plot holes. The writing style was both excellent, but also very poor, in my opinion. The parts that were poor is, I think, Bucky yeah. got shafted. Hardly any dialogue, hardly any screen time, and I'm still mad that he didn't get the shield, that Falcon got it instead. But I can see, I read that they're writing him as the White Wolf now, so I guess he's just a different character. So that that irritated me. But the good writing, I really liked that there was flashbacks to each of the to previous movies, and our main characters kind of got these uh, reconciliation moments, like Iron Man with his dad, Thor with his mom even Captain America with Peggy, like they got to, they got to kind of close off these moments and have good endings with their loved ones. I thought that was great. And then wrapping up Iron Man and Captain America's story, like I can't think of any better way to end their, their characters. Like that was just great. I was very, very content with how, with the direction of, yeah. that they were written. I agree. What for you, Mark? Final thoughts? Oh man. Yeah. Uh... It's been a great run, right? I mean, we're talking 20, what, 23 movies, 22 movies? Yeah. And a decade of watching. And and I, I don't think that, I, I just, I think it's ended so well. Uh, you know, I mean, we can sit back and we can talk about all the, the little things, some of the writing, some of the weird plot holes that's now created. And we can talk about all that and, and stuff. But in the end, it was, I think it ended how it should have ended, you know, because it started with Iron Man and it ended with Iron Man. And I think that was great. Uh, I think that it was a great, great wrap up to a really good phase of movies. You know, I'm glad I got to go on the adventure. And I think that anyone that's a fan should watch it. And, you know, later after you've enjoyed it and after you've, you know, loved it for what it is, you know, then maybe sit back and be like, oh yeah, this is weird. And this is weird, but just go to it and enjoy it for what it is. Don't, don't, uh, try to hope for something else. It, it's it's great as as it, as it is, and uh, I encourage everyone to see it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't have anything to add, but to what you guys have said, I pretty much my opinion and perspective as well, and all that. So, one question I do have to wrap it up is: What is the rewatchability of this film? It's almost three hours mm. long. That makes it a little tough. Um, as far as like seeing seeing it in theaters, it's a long, it's a good amount of time to dedicate for part of your day to go see it. I think it's worth seeing it once, twice, maybe three times, but is it going to have, you know, four or five times to, are you going to go see it four or five times? And do you have the time to do all that? I guess Um, definitely be buying it on video. I think it will be a little easier on video because you can watch it for an hour, pause, come back the next day, finish it up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that's fine. But there's also this, you know, it's like you guys were saying, it's, this is it. This is over. There's no more, you know, up, I guess Spider-Man Far From Home, but 
as far as the main storyline, that's not, you know, there's not a next movie that you have to rewatch this one to watch the next one type thing. So I think that'll impact my rewatchability is I'll watch it a couple more times and I'll probably be done with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what you see like in all everything. I mean, think about the book series that we've read that have come to endings and other, you know, like uh, great series, you know, The Hobbit, you know, uh, et cetera, you know, and and maybe once in a while I'll pull it out, but you know, it's done and it was good, you know, and I'll own it, but let's get real. I'm not going to watch all 20 plus movies again. I'm not going to, you know, whatever, but you know, I'll own it. And I, and, and I think that's just kind of what it is. It's a good closing and what's next. Yeah. Any thoughts, Kimball? Yeah. The same thing. What you guys are saying, it was good quality films. Um, I'm wondering if there's ever going to be anything that'll match this, this grand, this scope, like it was, I'm glad that they made it this big because it's it's kind of been an investment. You know, there's kids that grew up when they were five years old that started with Iron Man and now they're well into their teenage years and they're finishing it off. It's like, this is part of their life. And I think that's great. We need that. And I'm wondering how, who's going to do this next? Who's going to... Who's going to match this and what will that story yeah. be like? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they will go forward with more stories and characters and all that. So obviously they have stuff planned, but will it have this same impact, the same longevity? Are we getting Marvel fatigue, I guess? Um, to some degree I am. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for something new, whether it's Marvel or DC or Star Wars or Star Trek or something. Um, and this is kind of, I'm glad it's over. It's been a fun ride, but I am ready for something new. So. Yeah, I think we're going to see a movement move into books like, but the um, like Game of Thrones style. Yeah, I think that's what where where the next big move is for movies because I mean, look at I mean, even Disney understands that with the Mandalorian, right? That okay, we need to move into series now. That's where the interest is going because, like you said, people are Star Wars fatigued, or you know, Star Wars fatigued. They're superhero fatigued. Uh, you know, these things. And I think that you're going to see a big break in, in movies for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why Disney's bringing their Disney plus and they're going to do TV series. It's, I think they'll transition to the TV series because people just like watching stuff at home and, you know, doing yeah. their own thing. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, it's a good year for movies. Uh, we'll have this series is wrapped up. We'll have Star Wars wrapped up. And then really, I mean, what's the, the other big temple films out there right now? Mm. Yeah to come up with something hopefully dc steps up their game and they start doing some good things i'm a big dc fan i like to see them be successful mm-hmm. so anyways uh we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the credible nerds podcast avengers endgame review show that we did uh it's, it's probably just as long as the film that you just watched <laughs> one of our longest episodes so so Thanks for sticking around and, and listening. We appreciate it. Um, it's been a fun ride. We'll do Spider-Man Far From Home and probably call it good at that point. You'll have to see what uh, Spider-Man looks like, if it how well it fits into this Avengers series or or if it's just a, a tag-along movie. So, But stay tuned for that one. Uh, you can always find us on our homepage, CredibleNerds.com. Uh, we're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Credible Nerds. You'll find us there. Follow us. Join in on the conversation there. Find us on your favorite podcast app or on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, um, anything. So check us out, follow us, give us a review on iTunes, let us know what you think. And we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds Podcast Marvel Avengers Review Show as we reviewed Avengers Endgame. Thanks for joining us. See you guys. See ya. See ya.